Hey, I'm Gina Keeping, ex-classroom teacher turned mindset and business mentor. Not too long ago, overwhelm and stress was my norm. Now, I have created a life where I help entrepreneurial women create an unstoppable mindset and teach them how to grow and scale their own businesses, all while getting their own gifts out into the world and creating an impact. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast where each week I bring you an inspiring person or message where we talk about all things life and business related, where our conversations are real, the information is inspiring, we have a splash of fun, we have lots of laughs, and we dive into life lessons and deep conversations about all the things. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Keeping It Real podcast, and I am giddy excited here today to have one of my new favorite humans, Leah Coltis, to the show. She is a gentle yoga teacher, and her story is just phenomenal, and I can't wait to dive in. But for those people who don't know you, Leah, can you take a moment and introduce yourself, please? Yes, I certainly can. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Okay. Um, Yeah, my name is Leah Coltis. I'm a 42-year-old. County <laughs> from St. John's, born and raised in town. Um, I am, like you said, a gentle yoga teacher, uh, but I have not always been that. Uh, I actually have not always been a yogi uh, up until the last few years, uh, but that has become a big part of my life. Uh, I own two senior cats who I love. They're my babies, they're brother and sister, and I've had them since they were little. Um, huge movie buff, love music, sing, perform. Um, yeah, all kinds of things. I just, I love, love all things. <laughs> you do all the things. I love it. And if you yeah. haven't heard this girl sing, you need to. <laughs> so you said something interesting there. You said that being an entrepreneur, um, mm-hmm. I'm finding, finding it difficult to pronounce that word today. Um, <laughs> but you haven't always been an entrepreneur. Can you share a little bit about your story and how you became one and maybe what the catalyst was that brought you to becoming a gentle yoga teacher? Mm-hmm. Oh boy. That's a, that's a big one. <laughs> so, I mean, if we want to go back uh, a little ways, uh, I mean, I started like fresh out of um, like high school, basically I, I had been in, uh, I've been working in government and I worked in government for many, many years. And um, yeah, it was sort of, I actually left my government job after 16 years of actually, it was actually 18 years I worked with them. Um, but yeah, I quit that job and decided that I needed to do something more for myself. And I didn't quit with, I did quit with another job lined up. I did do that. Um, but it wasn't in the wellness realm. Um, so when I got into that job, it was still an administrative professional job. Uh, but I was doing yoga at the time with my father, actually. So my father was actually the one that got me into Kundalini yoga. And all of that kind of stemmed from depression and things that I was going through at the time. And so, but for me personally, I was not a flexible person. I had a curvy body. I was very um, self-conscious about myself. And so the yoga studios for me were super intimidating. Um, so basically, once I started entering the studios, I realized I love the, the vibe. I love what I'm doing and what it's giving to me. Um, cause it was really, really helping me with my depression and my anxiety. However, I never felt like I fit in and I never, it was always a struggle. I would leave classes feeling like I don't belong. Um, you know, and, and that's just a personal thing too. It was just like, I had personal issues with my body and 
I struggled with sitting in those classrooms with lots of fit people standing on their heads. <laughs> you know what I mean? Doing things. And I was like, I need to find a class that's for me. And so finding a beginner's class was even really challenging. So through that, I started to sort of figure out, okay, I, clearly I like yoga and clearly I'm able to connect in these classes and modify for my body. And I started to grow a little more comfortable with just doing my own thing in class, which is really freaking hard to do. Let me say, um, you know, cause when you're not going along with the crowd, you're like, you're, you're just standing on your own and you just think, oh, everyone's watching me. People think I can't do it. You know, I'm not strong enough. Um, but you get the confidence to do it. So that's what happened. It just sort of like clicked with me. It's like, I need to actually create something for people like me. Uh, because even in the beginner's classes, I was finding it was still a little too much for me. I was finding it hard to push myself um, and, you know, do the class in its entirety without always modifying it still. Um, so yeah, so that's how gentle yoga with Leah was born. And that sort of came after, like it came during the pandemic. Basically I was teaching a little bit before the pandemic, but during the pandemic was when the virtual stuff came and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for this. Um, yeah. So that's the long, the long of it. <laughs> oh, I love it. And I love how, cause one of two things could have happened when you were in your struggle trying to participate in yoga classes and not feeling like you fit in. A lot of people would just leave and be like, no, it's not for me, but yeah. you recognize the benefits. And I know you and I have chatted about this um, off camera, off uh, audio, whatever you want to call this. Mm -hmm. um, and we've talked about how both of us have taken something that we didn't or couldn't see around us and created it ourselves out of a pain point, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's, and it's still a struggle. I mean, it's still something that I'm, I'm working on with respect to like, where am I in this world, in this realm, this yoga realm? Uh, because I feel like it is a very niche kind of community. Um, and I mean, even when I did my training, I went to Costa Rica and did my training. And I mean, that whole thing was like, you, you say, want to run? Yeah. Like my walking into that studio, even though it was incredible, I was in the middle of the rainforest. I'm like, wow, yeah, this is amazing. Monkeys are around me. I'm hearing some stuff walking into class and just seeing. And the thing is, is like, you can't help it. You're comparing yourself to everybody. And, you know, even the teacher was like this physically fit, beautiful woman. And I'm just there like, what am I doing here? Like, I don't belong. Um, and like you said, the, the instinct to run is just always there. It doesn't go away, <laughs> let me tell you. But the thing is, like you said, it's, it's the benefit that I get from it and how it makes me feel once I forget about all those things. It's like, it gets me out of my head and I'm like, okay, like I can breathe. This makes me feel better. It takes away my anxiety. It helps me with my depression. Um, you know, it helps me with facing my fear around my body. It's, it's helped me to accept my body a little bit more as well, you know? So it's, it's been a very uh, interesting process. We'll say. I love that. And thank you for sharing that because sometimes sharing these things are hard. So bravo to you. Um, but I guarantee you there's people who are listening who it might not be yoga that they are struggling with. It could be something else that they know they need to do. Maybe it's business wise. Maybe it's health wise. Maybe it's to get on a stage and sing or to do something that they know is right for them, but they have this fear. They're comparing themselves. Do you have any other tips and tools that would benefit our listeners to navigate that journey? We'll say. Yeah. I mean, if your gut is telling you, you, you can kind of tell, um, you know, when you are around someone or something that is, makes you feel really good. And you're like, I want to do that. And you get that feeling inside. That's like excitement. It's like that spark, 
makes you feel connected to yourself. You know, you're like, oh, this is something I'm really wanting to do, but you're afraid to do it. Um, for me, it's just like reaching out to someone that I know is doing it or, or just talking it out with a loved one or a friend. Um, just get someone that you trust that can be in your corner and then just start researching things. Like for me, it was even things like, I mean, I only discovered podcasts in the last couple of years. And, you know, since listening to podcasts, it's a totally opened my mind to, you know, things like life coaching, like things that you're doing. Um, and just gives you more ideas, more confidence. Um, you know, I find all those things are great. Um, yeah, to me, it's always reaching out and asking the question. That's the hard thing sometimes. But if you know, if you know somebody that's doing what you want to do, then just ask, you yeah. know, help me. Exactly. Ask for <laughs> what you please. want. Yeah. And I yeah. think sometimes we're afraid to ask for what we want because I believe somewhere along the road, we've been taught that it's not the thing to do. Like just be happy with what you have and all those things. So all these things, sorry, but it's really stop and go, no, this is something that I want and giving yourself permission to go for it, to ask for it, to ask for the help, and then to take the messy steps to navigate what you need to, to get to the other side. Yeah. And you still can do things on your own. And, you know, sometimes it might take years. Like, I mean, it's taken me years sometimes to get over a certain fear to face it. Um, and, you know, you might just dabble in it at home alone um, because it is good to just test it out and see if it's something yeah. you like, you know what I mean? if you're like, ah, eh, not, not so much. Um, and for me, it's been, you know, even just taking the bull by the horns and just doing it. I remember one time I was like at a wedding and I was watching the DJ and I was like, DJ is not very good, but well, well, I could do this. No problem. And you know what? I, I did it. I just was like, I'm going to do this. Screw it. <laughs> and so I, I went and rented the equipment. I got my friend to do a logo for me. And I just started advertising myself. And then like one summer, well, actually three summers in a row, I, I DJed weddings. Um, and then I realized after that, that I don't want to do this. <laughs> I was like, this is not for me, but I'm a huge music lover. And I always, I'm a huge on playlists. And so like, I'm big with playlists and at parties, people are always like, Leah, like do the playlist. And so I just thought, oh, this would be like easy, you know, and you don't realize kudos to DJs. Let me tell you, especially wedding DJs, you guys, man, guys and gals, that is hard work. Let me tell you, it's harder than you think. It's so much harder than you think, but yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's like just literally not even thinking about it, just doing it. It's like, just step forward, just take the step you and try that. Yes. And there's so much in that because number one, you just did it. You tried it. It was something that you were curious about, but what's even cooler in my opinion is that when you realize it wasn't for you, you stepped away. And yeah. a lot of people stay doing something with the fear of judgment and the fear of what people will think. And it's like, oh, no, well, I, I have to stay and do this now. Mm -hmm. But giving yourself that permission to be like, yep, no, that's no longer for me. Like, that's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like you said, it's really hard to do. I mean, I, I had to do that a lot. Um, you know, I did that with government. I mulled that over for about 15 years. I think the first year I started working in government, I was like, I'm not doing this forever. And then, you know, one year after another. And then, like you said, people are like, it's government job, man. You got it made like pension, all the things. It's like, yeah, I do. Don't I, I should appreciate this. And then, but it's like, when you're just not fulfilled and you're just waking up every day, dragging your heels. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. It's just like, if that's how you feel, if you're feeling misery, when you wake up in the morning and have to go to work, I know, I know everyone hates you know, certain parts of, of course, yes. and, you know, I mean, that's normal. It's normal to feel down days and all the things, 
But if it's a, if it's a, to the point where, and for me, it was just to the point where I, it physically started to manifest then in other ways, it's just like, Oh, you know, and same thing happened with my marriage. So, you know, I was married. I had to walk away from that too. And, you know, and no disrespect to him in any way, shape or form, but it was just, I wasn't listening to myself at all for years and years and years. And yeah, it just got to a point where like, I just start to get sick and depressed and sad. And it's like, you just get to a point. It's like enough enough. Like, well, I need to change something in my life. I can't keep living like this. You know, I love that. And I, and yeah. I think you, you said something there. It's super important. And I feel sometimes we do things because it's a should, I should do this. I should stay in that job. I should be grateful what I have. I should do these things. And then one day you wake up and you realize that you have no idea who you are. You are a reflection of what everybody has been telling you to do. And naturally, I think this is why so many people are just like they're they're done. They don't know who they are. They've been chipping away pieces of themselves and they're like, what, what do I want? You know, so I think it's beautiful that you're here sharing that story and, you know, we can look at all different aspects of our life and your marriage, the same thing, like kudos to you for having the courage to say, wait a minute, I wasn't listening to myself. I wasn't being true to me, but what does that look like? So holy shit, uh, <laughs> you, <yeah. laughs> you said, essentially you started your life over from scratch at the age of 38, you left a job, you left a marriage. Like, can we talk about what that looked like for you? Oh man. I mean. Yeah, it was a, it was a really messy time. Let's just say it was really, really hard. Um, but it was already like years in the making, I guess, because I, I had never been listening to myself ever since I was a child. So it was like, this was just all, I picked the life that I was told I was supposed to have. Like we all are. It's like, you know, okay, you go to university or college of, of some kind, you get a job, a good one. And then you get the partner and then you get married, you have kids, you know, it's like the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Let's do all yep. the things. All the check and boxes, right? Check, yeah, check, check. <laughs> totally. And for me, it was like, even when I was feeling super down and depressed in these things, I didn't understand why I, I really didn't. Cause I was like, but I have, I have, you know, the husband with a great job and he's handsome and all the things. And I have the great job myself and we have a beautiful house and we have the nice car. Like I did it all. Like, why am I, why am I feeling like this? And I just didn't get it. And then once, once I started to get sick, it was just like, okay, Leah, like it's time. And so, yeah, so starting, starting over, I mean, none of those things were easy to do. Um, and it took a long process. It wasn't like, you know, as soon as I made the decision in my mind, it was like done, you know, I mean, it took years of really, trusting myself enough. Um, and then just seeing all the sickness manifest all my depression, I mean, I was suicidal thoughts, all the things I had to get on medications. Uh, I gained a ton of weight. I was just so miserable and denying it all. Um, because I just wanted everyone to think I was doing great. Um, so yeah, so essentially when I made those decisions, it was, it was heart wrenching. It really was. And, um, you know, cause me and my ex were friends. Like we, we respected each other and it was a hard thing to do. It wasn't like there was anything specific that I could be like, you know, I'm leaving because, you know, of abuse or, you know, anything like that. And not that that's even easy to leave, you know, but it's just like, uh, it was just, it was just, I knew in my heart that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. 
And so, yeah, so it took like a year or so after that of just like crying every day, moving into a new place, uh, literally grieving. It's what it was. It was like grieving the life I, I thought I wanted mm-hmm. grieving, grieving the life that I thought I had, you know, well, I did have, um, coming to terms with letting all that go. Um, the family that he had as well. And all of that, it was just a horrible time. Um, and I still questioned it, you know, afterwards, am I doing the right thing? It's like, you know, all the things, but it was like, as time ticked on and I was able to then feel myself breathing better and then mental space was freed up for me to do other things, you know, and then I was finding myself again. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know that I ever did really know myself, but it was actually like a new person that I was seeing. And I was actually starting to love myself, I guess was, was what it was. Um, which was, yeah. That is so beautiful. And once again, thank you for sharing all of these things. Like, Oh, it, it gets me thinking, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, but why do you think we do that? Because every single woman who I interview at some point in their lives, they have pretended to be somebody that they weren't. They have hidden pieces of themselves. They have done things because other people have told them to do it. Why do you think this is such a, like, it's such a worldwide problem? Like, why, why do you think we do this? I don't know. It's, it's really interesting because as a society, we've all been told the same thing. And it's like, you know, that we're going to get, what are we going to get by the time we're 30? Like we have this crazy timeline always instilled in us. It's like, Oh, 25. Okay. What are you doing now? I'm like 30. Oh, are you married yet? Not married yet. Okay. You know, there's all these judgments and all these criticisms that are are put on us, you know, and especially women, I feel like for sure, you know, to be all the things, to be the beautiful on the exterior, um, you know, especially after having children, you know, go back to work, be the great mom, have the great body, all the things be pleasurable and desirable to your man. And, you know, it's just like, my God, like, why? I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's literally just been how we've been raised and what we've seen images, society shows TV, how our parents were raised, you know? Um, and, and I, I know the intention is usually just to have a better life. Like that's the intention is always to like, Oh, you'll, you'll live a better life if you have these things. Um, but that unfortunately is the huge flaw in it because you do all these things and then you're sitting there going, huh, (laughs) got all the things now that's where I was. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. And even my doctor yeah. was like, why are you depressed? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm depressed. And I was even like, I have all the things <laughs> like crying. we like, why, you know? And I just think it's so much social pressure. And I think we're finally getting to a point where we're able to talk about it a little bit more. People are starting to stand up and say, no, this isn't enough for me anymore. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, people talk about this generation being like the generation of never being able to commit to anything, you know, and feeling like, they can just, but maybe we're not supposed to be like, maybe right? like, maybe this is the wave that we need. And I think we've been taught that happiness is a destination. Like, mm. I don't think we, and I know because I've been in the education system, we don't teach self-love. We teach mm. comparison. We teach benchmarks. We teach, um, this is where you stand. If you don't get this and you're lesser than, and I think there's so many things that we can look back on and look at contribute what contributes to this 
feeling of not loving ourselves, you know, and there, there's something that we're clearly doing wrong if most of the population feel this way. And yeah. the percentage of us not talking about it has probably still felt it at some point, you know, and it's just, it's so sad when we can't see our own worth and we're not taught how to see our own worth. So I, I kind of just wanted to pick your brain on that, but I guarantee you there's somebody listening or a lot of people listening, I can imagine who are resonating with your story, who are resonating with a struggle, who may be in it right now. And they're like, okay, Leah, you got me. I, I know I need to make some changes and they want to start loving themselves, which is what we all want. What, what's some tangible tips that you could give them to start that journey of looking inwards instead of outwards? No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, it was really, um, I mean, yoga was, was a start. Um, and I found that really challenging. So Kundalini yoga was actually the yoga that I had been introduced to first. I had done half a yoga before over the years. It's just the traditional yoga that you see everyone do. Um, but Kundalini was the one that my dad was doing and he, brought me to a class. And the first class I went to, I cried my eyes out and I was like, I'm never going back. And, um, so for me, it was the looking inward was really just sitting with myself. And I know that sounds really cliche nowadays, but like, it's, you know, the sitting with yourself, maybe journaling, uh, writing down what's bothering you. Because the thing is, if you're feeling lots of pain in your body, that's your intuition. (laughs) That is your gut telling you something is not right. Yeah. Um, so if you are feeling at least, because if you're denying all of that, then it will manifest itself in all these ways. So that's what happened to me. I wasn't listening to my gut. I wasn't looking inward, but the clue for me that I needed to change was (laughs) how it was manifesting itself in my body and all the pain and sickness I was Mm -hmm. feeling. Same. Um, so when the pain starts to outweigh the good, then you kind of start, you just got to start to ask questions. Um, So the yoga was the first thing for me. I highly recommend that. And I know, uh, you know, there's a lot of people say, I can't do yoga. Uh, You know, I can't sit still or, you know, I find it really hard. And it's like, you know what? It's actually that very thing that you need to do then. It's like, you know, because I I couldn't either. (laughs) Same. Oh my God. It's like, if you are that person that can't sit with yourself for even one minute. Yeah. You got to do it. Yeah. You got to ask yourself. Why? Why can't I sit with myself? Well, it's funny you bring that up because when I started to meditate, I could not do it. I could not sit with my, with my thoughts. I couldn't sit with where I was. And that was really the start of me getting to know myself and realizing how unhappy I was. Like I legit, like I'd sit down, like, oh, okay. I tried it. I'm good. I'm good. Not for me. Couldn't even sit on a mat. Yeah. You know, now Savasana, whatever it's called and lying down and meditation, like, and I know it sounds corny and I get if you're listening and you're like, oh, I can't get on board with that. But if you like try to figure out a way you can get on board with it, if you're not resonating with meditation and yoga, call it stretching and breathing. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I mean, I say this to my students all the time, and this is something that I thought was fantastic. So I was in a yoga class once, one of my yoga teachers, and they said, you know, meditation is anything that connects you to you. So like meditation can be cooking. Meditation can be hiking. Meditation can be dancing by yourself in your room. Meditation can be singing, playing guitar. So it's like that actually opens up a whole other realm of things. Then you're like, oh, and when they said that to me, I was like, oh my God, I meditate all the time, <laughs> you know, cause I love dancing. I love singing. 
I love hiking. I love being in nature. And those are actually, so anything that brings you back to you where you actually feel like you can breathe. Yes. And you know what I mean? Where you can actually just be like, ah, this is amazing. You know, whether it's a walk on the beach or, you know, like there, everybody has something art, you know, painting. It's a, it's a, it's a creative outlet of some sort. So it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, sitting on a mat, silence, you know, alming to the gods or whatever, <laughs> you know, cause that's what we're taught that meditation is, you know? And the thing is, is that it doesn't need to be that. Um, I, I love that. And I'm so glad you brought that up because some of the calmest moments that I am is when I'm playing hockey or playing football or when I'm doing something that I really enjoy. So I think it's important just to find things that, like you said, make you feel like you and, But the problem with that is a lot of people have taken the things that they enjoy and put them on the back burner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So it's reminding yourself that you are worthy of taking that time for yourself that, you know what, you got to start making some changes because if you keep doing this, the things that you keep doing, you're never going to create something different for yourself. Like hoping and wishing is not going to make things better. You have to change your thoughts your behaviors, yeah. your actions, if you want to see something different. Yeah. Yeah. And I find it interesting too, is people always say things like, oh, you know, it costs so much money to get therapy and it costs so much money to, to do these things. And it's like, for me personally, I used to say that too. And then, you know, there are so many resources now that are free. Exactly. Like it's unbelievable. We are in a time now that's like, oh my God, you want therapy? Like you can get it any day of the week. I mean, podcasts for me have been my therapy and I've just found so many different life coaches And, you know, it's finding a community of people as well. You know, if you're, if you're on your own and, you know, say if you're, you don't feel like you have support, um, it's hard, but it's, you know, maybe finding a Facebook group or, you know, a hiking group online or, you know, anything at all where you can connect with a community of people. Cause I feel like for me, the reaching out is such a, it was such a hard thing to do, but like, cause I used to just suffer in silence all the time and be like, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong. Uh, but inside I was like breaking <laughs> all the yeah. time. I mean, every moment I had to myself was crying. And, you know, it was when I was actually like admitted to my friends, admitted to my family, uh, you know, admitted to my husband at the time, you know, admitted to people that I was just, I'm not in a good way, man. Like I'm not good. Um, and that makes people uncomfortable. I mean, you see ruffling of people are like, oh, I don't know what, how, you know, you, you see them getting uncomfortable sometimes with your emotion. And for me, it was always not wanting to cry in front of people because I knew it was going to make them uncomfortable, but really it was only me that was uncomfortable. I was the one that was super uncomfortable with, with the emotion. Um, you know, so it's like to people that are trying to figure it all out, it's like, you know, just take it one step at a time, figure out something you like to do and maybe ask someone for help. Um, you know, it doesn't need to be a therapist, but you know, you can go online as well and, and find podcasts and Instagram is, is great these days too. I find for like following life coaches, I follow so many people that inspire me every day and it just helps, you know? Yeah. And I think community is huge because we all want to feel that connection. We all at some point in our journey, want someone to be clapping for us and to say, you know what? I got you. So I think that's so important. Um, I do want to backtrack just a little bit because I think this is important because listeners either can totally resonate with you or um, they have somebody in their life that may be in a similar situation. So let's just say there's somebody listening who is a parent, a friend, and they have somebody who's struggling. 
what are the best ways that you can support somebody who's going through a challenging time with mental health and somebody comes to you and says, I'm not in a good way. What, what did you need when you were going through your challenging times? Yeah. Um, the biggest thing is just to listen. You just need someone to listen. You know, you don't want someone to come in and fix the problem. Um, you know, and sometimes you need to specify that because I've been that friend as well. That's like immediately giving advice and like, well, you should do this and you should do that. And you should do this. Um, you know, and that can be helpful sometimes, <laughs> but not always. No, and you got to uh, be know, in a position to be able to hear it sometimes, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think for me, the biggest, the biggest thing, oh man, I tell you, like in my darkest day, you know, there was a day I did have that I was going to commit suicide. I had, I had the, I had the note written. Um, I, yeah, it was, it was, it was a dark day to say the least. And I remember calling my dad and just being like, I need help. I don't know what to do because I didn't know even what to ask for. And I just felt like such a burden, you know, and that's the thing. It's like anyone that's going through a struggling time, you know, I hear people say all the time, people that commit suicide, it's like, you know, it's such a selfish act. I've heard people say that. And I'm like, my God, when you're in that headspace, you literally feel like you are a burden to everyone around you. And so, yeah, I remember that day calling my father, but I, he lived in town and I lived in Puchkov at the time. And I remember it was going to take him at least 25 minutes or so to get there. And so in that time frame, I started typing an email to my girlfriends and I knew it was going to be a scary email to receive, but I didn't know what else to do in that moment to not do the thing that I was going to do. And so I remember typing the email and just being like, I don't know what I need. I don't know <laughs> why I'm like this, but I'm in so much pain. And this is just, I need to send this right now because I need help. And I don't know what that looks like, but I just need you to know that I'm not in a good way. And well, I mean, the support I received, I mean, well, as soon as my dad showed up, it was just like, he just sat with me. He didn't judge me. He didn't criticize. Like it was, he just sat with me. And I remember we just cried and he just said, like, I understand. I know. And it had to be so hard for him, you know? Um, but I was so appreciative of that type of support. Just the silence. Just the presence that he was there. Yeah. Just the presence of it. And then even with my friends, it's just, you know, the immediate like reaching out and not like, Oh my God, Leo, like, how could, how could you think this? Or, you know, all of them, I don't know how, I don't know how, you know, I got so lucky and I'm so grateful to the support that I have in my life that I've had for such a long time, you know, and my, my friends, I have such an amazing group of friends and, you know, and they all were just listening. They just wanted to be there. And that's, that's the biggest piece of advice I would give is just like, be there, try your best to keep your judgments to yourself and just be open be open-minded and try to be empathetic and understand and just listen to where they're coming from. Every single person on this planet has something they're going through. And the, the thing, the reason we don't talk about it is because we're afraid of being judged. We're afraid of being criticized and we're afraid of not being accepted by the people we love the most. And you'll be surprised, you know, there's going to be some people that won't support you, you know, and those people will leave you <laughs> and you'll be like, bye, <laughs> that will be hard. Um, but there will be people that will just sit there with you. And that was, that's the advice I would give. That's so sure. beautiful. And oh my goodness, thank you for sharing that. Um, yep. 
Would you like a little tear break here? Um, I am so glad that you are here. Ah, thank you. I am so glad. glad And I am so glad that you reached out. I'm so glad that your friends and your dad was there to support you. And it's not easy. And like when you're in pain and when you feel like you are a burden and everything inside of you is telling you that nobody cares, like I think people know that journey of that selfish. If you do that, like just think about how much pain somebody is in to do that rather than to reach out, you know, it's isolating. And like your thoughts can be very dark sometimes. So I'm so glad that you shared that because if somebody listening can hold that space for somebody in their life that's struggling, then it's, you know, it's, it's worth it. So thank you from the bottom of my heart from, for sharing all this. Um, you're just incredible. And I know that's not easy to talk about and being vulnerable is tough as you know what. <laughs> um, so thank you. It is. And you know, the thing is, is that like, for me too, it's like the more, the more you talk about it, the more you open up to people, the easier it gets. And like you said, it's, it's important to share because we all start to realize we're not alone. It's like, oh, and like you said, the thoughts, the thoughts are detrimental. Like I still struggle with this every day, you know? And it's like, and it's not to say I don't have those dark days where, you know, I haven't been that, that way in a very long time, but like, you know, the, the days still come and it's like, you're just, you feel like you've been hit by a bus, you know? And it's like, and that's something I'll say to people too. It's like, this is just a funny thing. Like, uh, you know, after that experience and going through therapy and, um, you know, doing a lot of things for myself, I thought, okay, this is great now. I'm I'm, I'm off the medication. I'm not feeling those things anymore. I'm like on the up and up. Like, I'm never going to feel that way again. Like, it's fantastic. And then like, (laughs) then you get hit with it again and you're like, and you immediately feel that failure. It's like, I failed at life. I failed, uh, you know, and it's like, here I am again. And it's like, guess what? it's going to continue for the rest of our lives. We're going to be having dark days and it's the tools. Like you said, it's these types of things that you start to add into your life that just help make those days better. Yes. And help you reframe your thoughts, help you know how to be more mindful when the days come. And I always say like this work that we're doing, like all this mindset stuff, like it doesn't stop. It's a journey. I've come to terms with it, that this is something that I'm committed to be doing for the rest of my life. And, uh, I mean, you were at the the workshop, but when I, when I say like, fuck, I struggled too, like, this is not, you know, as I was driving to the workshop, I was like, who am I to be doing these? Like those thoughts are going to come in. It's our brain. We can't change our brain. It, it is what it is, but it's what we do when they come in. It's what we do with the dark days. It's how we handle them. It's not trying to eliminate them, you know? So, yeah. There's going to be many more to come, but you yeah. now have tools on what you're going to do when they do come. Exactly. And I think what you said there too is, is great because I think people like yourself who are doing life coaching and are, you know, standing in front of people. I love that you shared that that day. I, I just thought that was great. Cause it's like, you, you do assume that people like, you know, Tony Robbins or these people, you know, they get up and they do their things that they're just like what live in life and things are perfect all day, every day. Bullshit. Um, but just, yeah, it's bullshit, right? And it's like, they're human too. And like, they're scared to death. And, um, but they do it, you know? And it's like, it's like you said that day when you were coming to the workshop that you had doubts and you were feeling, I just love that you shared that. Cause I was like, yes, like, 
she's just like us. <laughs> We're all the same. And, you know, no matter how many times you do this, it's like no different than I think I shared in the workshops. Like anytime I get up and perform or sing in front of people and people find it so shocking. They're like, really? Like you, you find it so like, you're so nervous. I'm like, yeah, like hell man. I'd like to sometimes just crawl in a hole and like, <laughs> feel like, no, thanks. I'm not getting up to do that yet. And, but yet there's something about it. It's like, why do we do it then? It's like, well, there is something in it that makes me feel good about myself and makes me feel like I'm sharing and giving light to, to other people. And so that's what outweighs the fear at the end of it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, so. and it's so true. It's like, um, and I just posted a, a reel yesterday because I, I really want to be transparent because I think that if you're pretending that you have it all together, you're doing not only yourself, but everybody around you a disservice. Like, and I'm not saying you got to go and air all your dirty laundry, but pretending that we have it together all the time, like it's bullshit. And it really, if you think about it, like if I didn't share that with you in the workshop and with all the other ladies, it's so easy to say, well, it's easy for you, Gina, you don't have these things and it stops you from moving forward. But if you see somebody who is scared, but doing it anyway, it gives you permission that, well, maybe me too. You know, and when I was reading through all of the testimonials and what everybody had to say about it, I had a moment and I I got very emotional. I was like, I could have very well turned that car around that day. Mm. Luckily, I know what to do with the the feelings and the emotions. Now, you could have easily not gotten on the stage. You could have easily stayed in your government job. But what a disservice that would have been to the people that you're helping. Yeah. You know, and I, I always, and if for, at some point in my life, if I stop sharing this, hold me accountable, but <laughs> I think we all need to share that we're human and we feel these what this way and it's okay to feel these feelings and you can be successful and you can have the things, but you can still have bad days too. Like yeah. that's a human experience. Yeah. And I think too, you know, it's important for me to say something like I gave up performing for like 12 years you did uh, because of fear. And I remember convincing myself and convincing other people around me because people are like, when are you going to say again? You're not getting up on stage. I'm like, no, you know? And like, I, I would just, I would hear myself saying the things because I would, I would get sick leading up to performances. I would feel so much anxiety the day of, I would be, you know, not sleeping, um, you know, and it would just be like debilitating fear that I would get. And so I, I equated that and I really believed it at the time. I was like, I'm not meant to do this clearly because if I was, I wouldn't be feeling like this. So I thought that was actually the, the, the reactions that my body was having for me was like my cutest to quit. Cause I just thought like, I, this, this isn't normal. (laughs) People aren't supposed to feel like this when they get ready to model that for you, you know, and you know, and this is why it's so important to have these conversations. It's like, because yeah. if I look and say, well, I want to be as brave as Tony and like, and in his documentary, like he shares how he prepares to go out. Like he's not there. Oh yeah, I got it all. He primes <laughs> himself. He get like, yeah, you know, you have, and the, the bigger you get, the more pressure you have, you know? So it's like well, sharing, yeah, I mean, yeah, sharing that and allowing you to go, okay, this is not my cue to quit this is my cue to continue to move forward. And this will get less and less the more yeah. that I, that I do it. Right. Yeah. It was sort of the thing for me that I didn't realize at the time that it was sort of like my body was just like, like, it's like you said, it's like the calling to continue to push you forward. 
Um, and instead I went the other way, which was fine. You know, I, I obviously needed to do that. And I needed the years because the, all the years of not doing it, I really felt Ugh, just inside my body was saying, Leah, you need to be singing. Like yeah. you need to be doing this. And, but I was just like, no, no, no. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. I just convinced myself that I didn't. Well, the moment that I started to do that again, it's like, yeah. Oh yeah. The sickness, <laughs> all the thing. Oh yes. I remember. Oh, that sucks. That's a horrible feeling. Um, but <laughs> getting up there and singing, getting through the first song and nerves. Oh man, that feeling, that adrenaline, that like, that pushes you through. And then you see people's faces and, you know, and you're just, you're providing entertainment smiles for people. And then it's just something that you're giving yourself. It's just like you walk away with so much pride for yourself that you're like, I freaking did it, man. Yeah. (laughs) And you made an impact, you know, and like you overcame fears. Like it's huge. Yeah. You know, and I, when you said that, like, it, it made me think like how many people give up on their dreams when they had these hiccups and they chop them up to, oh, that's a sign from the universe that I'm not supposed to move forward. Totally. For me, it's like, no, 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 no. This is, this is there to, to see how bad you want it. Like, yeah. okay, here are the obstacles. If everybody got what they wanted and it was easy, like everybody will be doing it. It's not yeah. easy. No. You know? No, and that's the thing. It's 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 exactly the that's exactly the kind of feeling you're supposed to have, which I didn't realize. Yeah. Um, you know, until after, until many years later. And then I started to like when I quit the government job, I had that feeling again. Oh, the anxiety, the sickness. You know, when I left the marriage, I had the feeling again, the anxiety. And this it's like, it's like, oh, but it's like when you start to, oh, that's it. Oh my God. Okay. That's when you start to trust your gut, then you're like, oh, that feeling I've been having all these years. That was actually my gut telling me I was supposed to be doing something and I wasn't exactly. doing it. Exactly. No, you know? I love it. And so, yeah. And there, so there's one more thing that I do want to dive into that I think um, is so brave of you to be sharing. And I've got goosebumps uh, just even thinking about it. And I'm probably going to get emotional because I know that what you're going to share right now is really hard for you to talk about, but you have taken so many things in your life that would have knocked so many people down and you're like, hell no, this is not going to define me. Um, and you have taken these hardships and turned them into lessons and beauty, in my opinion. And you are just peeling back negative views on things that people often deem as failure. You like you're, you're breaking down all of those things and smashing ceilings. So I am just so so fucking proud of you, but (laughs) The next okay. thing, that, yeah. So the next thing, so I mean, yeah, you start your business. All these things are great, and like a lot of people don't talk about the messy. A lot of people, which is once again why this podcast is here. People just go, oh yeah, everything is great, and oh, you know, this is all lovely, like butterflies and rainbows. But your journey didn't just stop when you decided to leave your job and grow your business. You had a huge thing happen at the age of forty. Mm-hmm. Would you mind sharing that with our listeners? <laughs> Yeah, sure. So, I mean, we can say like, you know, after, after I did all those things, I did go a little bit, um, you know, crazy in the sense that I I was saying yes to everything. So I I went from like saying no to everything to then saying yes to everything. So I mean, I traveled the world. I, you know, saw every person I wanted to see in concert. I, you know, just did all these amazing things, which, you know, I don't regret. Um, however, I did get to a point in my life where I was like, okay, Leah, um, the bills piling up there. 
Uh, and just me being me, you know, my finances have always been something I've struggled with my whole life, just in denial completely. Um, but I always had a government job to kind of help me to, you know, I had some visas and things that I could rack up, but I just never really, never always had a little bit of help, you know? Uh, but now I was on my own. So there was like a whole reality around, you know, I wasn't making as much money and I was just like, yeah. So had another dark day <laughs> where I was like swimming in the debt and I didn't really know what to do. And I really thought it was all just going to work itself out. And the thing was, the denial was so thick that, um, yeah, I ended up realizing I had to declare bankruptcy, which was a huge, I felt like, again, it was like, oh, fail huge fail. I felt huge shame from that. I remember going into the Janes and those were the office and thinking that they would be able to give me some other option. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, just tell me you can like, maybe give me another loan <laughs> and we can figure this out. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, no, honey, this is where we're going. I'm like, oh, okay. So I remember leaving that office and again, just feeling like, you know, coming home and just, I mean, the dark, the dark thoughts came back. I mean, the suicidal thoughts, all the things, you know, cause I just, I just did not want to feel that again. And I didn't want to have to admit to people, geez, like, well, yeah, bye. You know, well, she out over there now, <laughs> uh, you know, not that they'd be saying that, but that's just, those were the things that were, you know, being said in my mind. Um, and so I remember again, reaching out to dad to tell him what had happened, you know, and dad again, sitting and being like, it's okay. You know, and then that's it. I mean, it happened, you know, and then COVID happened right after that. So it was like almost like a blessing in disguise because I never would have been able to afford. I, well, I couldn't afford it anyway, but like, you know, when COVID happened, uh, I got laid off from my job, all the things. So it was like, it was almost like a divine intervention in one sense. It was like, oh my God. Um, yeah. So then before I knew it, I kind of started to mention it to friends. Cause I thought this is going to be the big dark secret dad. I said, dad, do not tell the family. Do not tell anyone. I'm just like, this is it. Like no one's ever going to know this <laughs> piece. Um, but then, you know, COVID happened and everyone was suffering in their own way. And it was actually through that, that I actually had the mental capacity then to think I can maybe create a business. And it was the gentle yoga with Leah. And if I hadn't gone through the bankruptcy, I don't know that I ever would have thought I was even capable of doing that. And, you know, I did that on very little money, <laughs> you did. but it's just, you know, but you figure out ways to make things happen. You know, you, you, you know, you write it down, even if it's not happening right away, you, you figure, you figure out a way to make it happen. And, you know, I, I reached out to people and again, asked the question, who can help me in this moment? And people were very gracious to help me. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, amazing. that's, that's, that's the crux of that story. <laughs> Yeah, no. And I kind of want to, the, the big thing around this is, um, you know, a lot of people feel shame when they go against something that society might not, not, might not deem appropriate. So like you left your job, you left a marriage, you traveled the world, you declared bankruptcy. Like a lot of people go, oh, that's so irresponsible. Or how could you do that? Or, you know, that shame, which is probably one of the biggest reasons why you didn't want to tell people. Yeah. I think that, you know, and, and for those people who do not follow Brene Brown, I've talked about her before. She is the queen of shame and vulnerability. Do yourself a favor and like follow her after the podcast is over. Um, <laughs> but I guarantee you felt those emotions too. 
Mm. Like, how did you overcome them? Because not only did, oh, you just go through bankruptcy, like you just said, and chopped it up as if that was something you went through. You then went on to be a spokesperson and created a commercial. So like, this is not just something where you just, well, you kind of skipped over that part. <laughs> I know. I figured we'd get to it, but I was just trying to figure out when to, when to take a break in my speech there. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's really funny. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I just feel like sometimes I'm like, let's just rip it all down. I'm just going to do the crazy thing. And, you know, so it's funny, my friend, Donnie Cody, who, you know, um, you know, he, he's a business owner himself and is a marketing genius design guy. Um, so actually it was in discussions with me and him were just chatting about my story. And he was like, you know what? He's like, you actually persevered after, you know? And he's like, this is the thing that people don't talk about. He's like, your life actually got better after the bankruptcy. People only talk about the leading up to like getting the courage to talk to someone. So people don't actually talk about the after effect and how it changed your life and how it made your life so much better. And you were able to create your business and, you know, freed up the mental space, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you know what? He's like, James and those are the, are my clients. He's like, why don't I approach them and see, you know, why, why don't you make this your story through commercial? And I was like, oh God. I mean, immediately when he, made, when he suggested it, I was like, I don't know if I can do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Why the hell not? I mean, at this point in my life, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm teaching yoga, but it's not just yoga for me. It's always been about the mindfulness. It's always been about the transparency. It's always been about the vulnerability. I'm like, frig, if I can't be vulnerable about this, then I might as well just pack it all in because I mean, this is a huge part of my story and my journey, you know, and I know there's tons of other people out there that are struggling in this way. I mean, financially, I feel like is is the taboo, right? It's like, you know, between like sex and, and finances, like we, we can't talk about any of those things. <laughs> it's like, you know, those are the unacceptable things to discuss, you know? Uh, and I just think that it should not be. I mean, this is why we're all effed up in these it areas. Is. It's it because, is. It's because we're not talking about it for the love of God. We're all struggling. Uh, so, yeah. So I just thought, uh, so I, I met uh, Ian Penny, who was the, you know, the owner CEO of James and Noseworthy. And he was just so grateful about the idea of me even wanting to do this. And I thought, you know, this would be a great way to help people. And that's what I'm here to do. That's what I want to do. So, I mean, I still struggle with it. Let me tell you, even when we did the commercial, I was like, I don't know. And then I think Donnie said after, he's like, okay, now we're going to be airing. I was like, really? Like, I don't, I just really, I don't know if I'm ready. He's like, well, it's done now, girl. Like, you know? And I mean, I still now, I mean, I'm seeing my face on things and I'm like, oh Lord, like who's thinking what? And it's like, you know what? And it's just it. It's like, you're still going to think those things. It's like people are still going to think what they want to think and they're going to judge you and criticize you no matter what. And, you know, but what matters is who loves you and supports you and who's in your corner. And it's like, that's all that matters to me. And all that matters to me is how I feel about myself. And you know what? I feel pretty damn good about it all. So it's like, that's that. I you know? am so, I know people can't see my <laughs> smile, but I am just so proud of you. And like, you've just like stood in your power, girl. You were like, yes, that's who so I am. It's hilarious because the commercial, I mean, we were doing the commercial. He's like, oh yeah, we're going to get you like walking up the signal hill. Is you're going to stand up at the top of that hill, put your hands on your hips and be like, and I was like, oh my God, I'll like my superpower, my, my, uh, you know, wonder woman stance, you know, at the top of the hill being like, I did it. And, uh, it's true. I mean, even the process of doing the commercial was honestly pretty healing as well. And, and, you know, and since then I've, you know, I'm going to be on out of the fog actually on Friday, um, to, with Ian Penny, the owner of, of James and Noseworthy to discuss the thing. And, 
And so it's just, you know, it's just like the more you do it, it's just like the word shame. You mentioned that. And it's like, it's such a lonely word, you know, and it's such a lonely feeling, but like, it's only that way if you continue to just let it be that. So it's like, if you keep that hidden and you're always going to feel shame about it, you keep that part of yourself hidden, then you're just resigning yourself to shame forever, you know, but like, it doesn't have to be that. No. And I love when you said like, just tear it all down, like get it out there. (laughs) And like, I guarantee you, if you look back and you looked at all those dark days and you looked at who you are today, the lessons that you learned navigating all of that and healing and, you know, breaking down all these barriers, like you would not be the woman that you are today. Oh, definitely not. No, I still have days where I, all the time where I feel less than, and I feel weak and I feel like I'm not strong enough and I'm not doing enough. And, you know, like, I mean, well, you saw us all in that workshop. I mean, all of us had the limiting beliefs. We had to write them all down. And it's like, it's insane when you look around the room and you see how many beautiful, incredible, strong women are all writing down these horrible things about themselves, including myself. And it's just like, God, it's something everybody on this planet has in common that we all think this way. And it's, what are you going to do about it? Cause you know, like your mind is a powerful thing it really and is. it can break or break you, you know? And it's yeah. Anyway. Wow. Well, this has been <laughs> freaking incredible. Um, you're familiar with the podcast, you know, we can't end there. We gotta, we're gonna have a little bit of fun because man, you shared a lot and I, I super appreciate it. I know that our listeners are going to get so much value from everything you just shared. So thank you, but we're not done with a goodbye yet. Okay. You get to to do the rapid fire (laughs) questions. Yes. Can't wait. All right. So it's just as it implies, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. First thing that comes to mind, just fire away. Some of them are not really rapid fire, but they're fun anyway. <laughs> yes. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Here we go. Who was your favorite Spice Girl? Jerry. Nachos or tacos? Uh, nachos for sure. A nickname you used to have or still have? <laughs> oh, this is a funny one. Uh, if any of my friends are listening to this, Les Dolt, that is, a, it was an accidental name that one of my teachers gave me when I was in grade nine and it just stuck. And everyone just thought it was like Leah's alter ego. Uh, cause he couldn't read the spelling of my name. And that's always been a bane of my existence is no one ever spells my name. Right. And so there's always people trying to pronounce it. So Les Dolt was, was a name. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. If you could travel back in time, where would you go? I would probably go back. I mean, I traveled a lot of places and my experiences in Costa Rica were pretty magical. I would probably go back there for sure. Oh, that's on my bucket list too. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say. It's just beautiful. Love it. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is a question now that I dread asking, but who's your favorite (laughs) Harry Potter character? (laughs) I know I hear this all the time on your podcast and most people say the same thing that I'm about to say, which is I've never watched it, which is so funny. I know. And listen, let me tell you, I am a huge movie buff. Um, and I have seen bits and pieces of the first, uh, first episode, first movie and I've always loved it. And then like movie number two came out and then movie three. And I'm like, oh, I need to get, it's like now there's what, eight or something? I'm not sure how many, but we need to get together and watch Harry Potter first. The, the first I really one. want to okay. watch it because I know it's something I would love, uh, but I just haven't committed myself to it okay. at this point. So, We're going to have yeah. to commit. And then the next time when we come on the podcast, you're going to be able to yes. answer that one. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. Sunrise or sunset? Oh, sunset for me. What's your go-to order from your favorite restaurant? Go-to order from my favorite restaurant. Oh my God, I have so many. Um, I mean, I love sushi. Uh, I Yeah, I mean, I usually get like the spicy salmon roll. Um, like vegetable tempura. Love that. We're like really close. Have you ever eaten at Newfound Sushi in Cornerbrook? No, actually, when I was out there recently, uh, I think they were closed at the time that I was looking to go. But anyway, yeah, I've heard it's really good. You need to go. Delicious. Okay, I'm not making this rapid fire. Uh, What is your favorite word? Fuckery. (laughs) (laughs) I don't say it a lot. I mean, I love saying the F word. Uh, F bombs are great. Uh, but I just love that word fuckery. I just I think love it's it. like, so descriptive. <laughs> what is your go-to song if you need like a pick me up? Oh, that's like an impossible question. It's impossible. I have so many. Um, okay, give me, give me your one that you would listen to right now. If I said, give me a song, we're going to put it on. You know what I'm going to say to you? The best by Tina Turner, that woman. Mm. That woman, I just finished watching the documentary on HBO of, of her. Watch it. If you want to be inspired as a 40 something year old woman, I did not realize that this woman was 45 years old when her career actually, like when Private Dancer came out. She I did like not 45. know that either. Holy moly. I did not know it's that. Like you think about starting your life over and you think <laughs> you're too old to do it. If you think you're too old to start your life, go watch that documentary. She's amazing, watch it. that woman. I'm gonna yeah. watch it. She, uh, I always thought she was pretty, pretty cool. Um, if you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Jesus. Um, Olympic sport, real or fake? You know what? I don't know how to swim. I would love to be like one of those synchronized swimmers. Nice. I would, I would win an Olympic medal in that. That'd be amazing. And what about a fake one? A fake one? Like what's something you're good at? Like, I would be like, uh, like a dancer, like a hip hop dancer. I love yeah, to do that. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. If I could do like an Olympic medal and hip hop dancing, I would, I would do that. <laughs> Done. Um, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? I like the fly in the wall. I always love like being able to maybe be, be a part of something that I'm not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I like maybe that. like be a little bit like creepy. Like uh, what are those people saying over there? I don't know if that's <laughs> Bad to admit, but I'm I'm admitting it right here. I love your honesty. It's amazing. (laughs) Texting or talking? I mean, it depends. I love to talk, um, but it depends. I mean, texting is great too. Um, We'll just say talking. Like it. Morning or night person? (sighs) (laughs) This is not rapid fire. I'm sorry. Oh, it's Uh, all good. It's all good. (laughs) Um, I mean... I'm like, I am a morning person more so now than I ever was, uh, but I still love the nights too. Bit of both. <sighs> Bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say that. I have to. No, yeah. I, I can get on board with that. Um, yeah. Describe yourself in three words. Oh Lord. Um, enthusiastic, passionate, and funny. Like it. And if you were stranded on a tropical island and you had all the essentials, what are two things you would have to bring with you? Music. So like a speaker, a speaker and a device to play music out of. Would you those two things? Do you I would, play I guitar? Have, I do. But you know what? It would have to be it would have to be the, the speaker. 
Okay. The speaker would Just be like huge for me. I, I love bass. I love cranking my tunes. If you hear a, like one of those people is annoying people driving down the road with their music on bust. The dance music, that is me. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I, I need music on around me all the time. Um, so yeah, that would be 100% number one for sure. Like a device to play my music out of and a speaker, a good speaker. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who's your celebrity crush? Uh, celebrity crush. I don't usually ask that one. That's a new one. Testing it out. <laughs> celebrity crush. Oh my God. I'm sure I have a many, um, you know, this is going to sound super cliche, but only because he's the only one coming to my mind right now. And I just saw a movie with him in it recently. Brad Pitt, man. I mean, classic. You know, it's a classic <laughs> and he, he ages really well, you know, like he's, he he's does. aging like a fine wine. He is uh, indeed. loved him when I was a kid. Love him now still. So We're yeah. growing up together. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Climb a mountain or jump from a plane? <laughs> um, jump from a plane. I would love to experience that at some point in my life. Nice. If you were really hungry, would you eat a bug? Yes, 100%. And would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to speak to animals? Uh, yeah, definitely speak to animals. I would love, I mean, I talk to my, my babies all the time, but I would love them to talk back. To yeah, me. I don't know what they were saying. I know, mine's I know. curled up on my feet there. Um, what, this is a little, little bit more serious, but what's the best piece of advice you have ever gotten that you wish you knew earlier in life? Um, I guess like less thinking, more doing. I don't know, it, it's like... Uh, or, or, or even just simply ask the question. I mean, one, one thing that I, I say to people now too, it's like, if you don't ask the question, the answer will always be no. And that is something that has resonated with me. I can't remember who told me that originally, um, but I've been using that even more lately in the last couple of weeks. Just like, come on, Leah, just ask the question because if you don't ask, like, then it'll always be no. Ask for what you want. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I want people to be able to find you and be able to follow you and all your awesomeness as you continue to grow and navigate this world. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you and how they can follow you? Yeah. So I am on Instagram and Facebook as gentle yoga with Leah and it's Leah with no H. So it's L E A. That's how I spell my name. Um, and if you Google gentle yoga with Lee, you find my website as well. Um, and then, you know, you can follow me as a personal person as well. Uh, Leah Coltis. So C-O-U-L-T-A-S, uh, my personal page, Facebook, Instagram, all the things. Amazing. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Leah, for coming on and sharing your story and just being authentic and totally vulnerable. So many people need to hear stories like this. So thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Gina. This is my first podcast and it's been a goal of mine to be on your podcast. So I'm so happy again, ask the question and I, and I, and I got to, to come down here. So I'm so thankful for you and so thankful for the work that you're doing. And uh, yeah, you've really inspired me big time. So, so thank you so much. Thank you so much. And this is just the beginning for you. So I can't yeah. wait to see what's to come for you. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> yes. um, before we go, do you have one last gold nugget to share with our listeners? One last gold nugget. You kind of been like dropping them through the whole freaking podcast, (laughs) but (laughs) yeah, I mean, you know, I I think I've I've said a lot of the things already, but it's like, you know, if you're feeling something, reach out to someone don't suffer in silence. Uh, and I know that's sort of the the theme for for mental health these days, you know, is, is don't suffer in silence, but it's not easy to reach out. I realize. 
Um, but even if it's just one person, um, you know, just sharing with someone exactly. uh, will really help um, make your you person. feel better. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so, 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 so much. Again, you're amazing. I love you. And I'm so glad that our paths have crossed and you're now in my life. You'll never get rid of me. (laughs) Nor me. I'm here forever. (laughs) Excellent. Well, everybody, thank you so much, friends. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, keep it fun, keep it kind, and always keep it real. 